This episode has content warnings for depression, anxiety attacks, familial loss, and self-harm. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Ace for Anxious, the podcast diary that tackles the taboo topic of anxiety through our friend, The Alphabet, with me, Alex Ang. Each episode highlights a new letter, which highlights a new anxiety, and today we are at the letter F. Now, I'm going to apologize if my voice sounds a little nasally or just different. It's because of my spring allergies, and honestly, I feel like you can't even hear it, but my intrusive thoughts are telling me that it just sounds weird and different, but I kind of like it. It makes it sound a little bit raspy, a little bit deep, so yeah, we're just going to roll with it for these next few episodes. So for today's episode, as you could tell, I am writing solo. I know, did we miss the sound of my voice? Today's episode is super personal, and so I wanted to give myself the space to speak freely and openly about my experiences without fear of being judged by another person or, you know, just having a conversation with another person, because as you've guessed it, today's episode is all about family and the anxieties that come from our family, whether we like to acknowledge it or not. And I actually, this is actually my second time filming this episode. The first time we had a sound problem, but even before that, I had so many different ideas for this episode including bringing on my twin sister to talk with me and even my dad at some point but I figured that especially for this episode because it is so personal I just thought I would do it myself and there are so many different ways I considered starting this episode I always knew from the first you know conception of this podcast idea that F would be for family because as I've spoken with so many people My family, you know, dynamics and family history plays a huge part in my mental health journey and in my advocacy, and I talk all about it all the time, so I really wanted to do one dedicated episode to dive into everything, and as with all of the episodes that I do, they're obviously, they don't like, you know, encapsulate everything about one issue, but they do dive a little bit into some of the nuances of anxiety and mental health. Today, I want to start this episode with a disclaimer. This episode wasn't created with the intent to shame or, you know, make anyone feel bad. I think especially my family members who I will leave personal names and details out of it. This episode is rather to share and inform with people who either feel the same way or how unconsciously your actions and the actions of, say, your family members can impact your mental health and the mental health of others. I know with this episode, I have nothing to be sorry about. Like when it comes to talking about my family, which I am very vocal about, I know that they have impacted my mental health in a positive and negative way. And I know that I don't have to be sorry about coming on here and talking about it. But I think it's worth mentioning my intent with this episode. I think when I talk about mental health and something that I've learned is super important to my advocacy is intention. And that's also something that, you know, I've learned from a friend But it's really important to have intention when we talk about mental health in order to understand like who your audience is and what you're trying to talk about. And I will say that 90% of the time, people experiencing anxiety can't control what they're anxious about. Like we don't just wake up and pick and choose what we want to be anxious about. So I think with all these episodes, you know, it's something that like 
is a part of my anxiety and my family unfortunately you know is a part of that anxiety but I didn't choose to for me to be anxious about them. I think anyone who experiences anxiety, you know, big or small, can just tell you how frustrating of an experience it is to be controlled by your emotions and, you know, your anxious thoughts. And so I just wanted to start with this disclaimer because I know that it has come to my attention that I have family members that listen to my podcast. And I guess I'm not like the most, I'm not surprised at all, but of course it does give me a little bit of anxiety to put out an episode like this, but I also know that it can help a lot of people who might feel the same way. So that being said, all of that said aside, let's jump into all things family. Now, don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at asforanxiouspod so that you can stay updated and make sure to follow us on Spotify or whatever streaming platform you listen to to get notified when new episodes drop. Now, let's jump straight into the episode. All right, so let's start this episode with some brief Alex family history. I'm not going to go through like all of the details because obviously that's not what this episode is about. I grew up in a household of five, including my parents, my identical twin sister, and my younger brother. And my parents both immigrated to the U.S. and were able to attend college here, which is, I think, where they met. But we'll jump back to that later. I think a huge point, I think, when I think about like, my role in my family is I am the eldest of three and even though my sister and I are identical um we I was born uh at a earlier time so I am the eldest and I guess I didn't really understand how this role as the eldest daughter in an Asian household affected me until like way later in life like I think right now in my 20s or in my late teen years is when I really internalized how growing up as the eldest daughter in my family affected me. Now, I just came across this phenomenon called eldest daughter syndrome, and it's this idea that like oldest siblings carry an emotional burden that's different to the one that their younger siblings may be carrying. It was almost like this unspoken rule that I had to be there for every single person in my family because I was first born and because of, you know, gender roles in our society. And I know this is true because whenever I talk to my siblings, my twin, and then I have a younger brother, you know, about how we grew up and just about our roles and what we thought our responsibilities were, the answers were overwhelmingly like that of kind of indifference. Like I thought that I had more responsibilities because of, again, this unspoken rule. Like there's no reason why I would have more responsibilities than my other siblings, but it just turned out this way and I find it so interesting. I feel like the roles in a traditional Chinese family and honestly most Asian cultures are very strict and so it felt like this moniker of being the eldest daughter really weighed down on me and in many ways were different from how my younger siblings felt. I also think it's so fitting that we're talking about all of this in API month, uh, Asian American Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Heritage Month because I'm really given the chance to, you know, reflect on my identity as an Asian American and how my role in an Asian household has played a role in my development. You know, growing up, I was not told how to be an older sibling for my brother and sister. I kind of just adopted this role. Like, I don't think anyone really wakes up with like a handbook on, you know, how to be like 
a child or how to go about life, but especially being an older sibling and, you know, having this responsibility, this unspoken rule about taking care of the family, I didn't really know what that meant. And, you know, whether my parents were conscious of it or not, there was a point in my life when I personally just felt so responsible for like the safety and well-being of my family because I didn't feel like my parents were like that serious about it and obviously my anxiety played a role in this because my anxious thoughts were making me more concerned than my parents were and every time I would express those concerns they didn't meet my concerns. So it was almost like I was born with like the moral obligation to sleep with one eye open at night to ensure that nothing happened to my family or, you know, do the best in school so that I could be the most successful daughter even after, you know, I graduated and got a job and was able to provide for my family. And most importantly, just sacrificing my needs and wants for the needs and wants of my family members. And again, when I asked my siblings if they felt the same, I realized that none of them could really relate to me. You know, when I was like super young, like 12 or 13, I specifically remember pulling all-nighters or staying up past midnight to always ensure that I was the last person asleep to make sure that everyone went to bed peacefully and I would be almost like the night watch and this super bad habit you know followed me into adult life where now I suffer from extreme insomnia and paranoia as a result of kind of thinking that I needed to be the last one awake and making sure that everyone was safe. So this was also around the time, obviously, that I was developing my generalized uh, anxiety disorder. And so I grew just so anxious and distressed about the health and safety of my family members to the point where I would express these concerns with them. You know, when I in the beginning, I think I was doing a good job of keeping it inside of me. But there was a point that I felt like I should share this with my family members because they're my family members. Like they're going to love me unconditionally and they are not going to judge me about it. And so it started with me telling like my dad to be careful because he works in the city and I always feared that something would happen and telling my mom to just drive slower because I felt like she drove too fast and you know telling my sister not to go out in the city at night because I didn't want something to happen to her or whatever and it's just like these crazy intrusive thoughts were telling me to project my anxieties onto that of my family members and often as a result I was you know told off by them or laughed at for being too sensitive and too emotional. I think a common thing that my parents would say to me when they were pushing off my concerns is something that still annoys me to this day is they would always say if it's my time it's my time which as a severely anxious person I was just not prepared to hear and that that really just boiled my blood because I was like no like you know all my anxious thoughts are telling me that if you don't do this and you don't do that then you won't get hurt and you'll be safe and comfortable and I guess really what I just wanted from them was obviously not to like not go out but I just wanted them to you know be receptive to my anxious thoughts and tell me that they would be safe and tell me that they would you know try to be on the lookout or just be or just make me feel at ease and that wasn't the case at all because it almost seems like they responded in a way that was like just not conducive to my mental health. You know when I talk about me trying to control the actions of my family members I obviously know that's not obviously the correct answer to anything but I think when it comes to my mental health a huge part of it is control when we are experiencing mental health issues we sometimes feel like we aren't in control of our emotions and feelings and like there's this like imaginary puppet master who is controlling us so 
as a severely anxious person, I craved this control. I craved this feeling of being able to control situations and their outcomes so much to the point where if something was out of my control, I would lash out and find other means of control. And this contributed, you know, early on in my teen years to you know, endorsing some really bad habits, including self-harm, because it, it was a way that I was able to exert control when I wasn't able to control the things in my life, including like my parents and their actions and, you know, my sister and everyone else who I felt like was ignoring all of these like anxious and intrusive thoughts and myself as well. Now, looking back on all of that information, I realized that my family was becoming a huge trigger for my anxiety. And what do I mean by triggers? I feel like that word is thrown out all the time, but I, I don't even really understand it totally. But I think when you're able to understand your anxiety or whatever mental health issue you face, you're able to determine what situations or specific scenarios are associated with that negative connotation or that negative feeling and these are usually what triggers you to become anxious so figuring out that my family was like a source of my anxiety was a hard thing for me to understand and an even harder thing to take action on because I don't think it was ever specifically my family or parents who directly caused my anxiety, but rather the way they responded to, you know, my anxiety attacks or my intrusive thoughts and because of the pressure or expectations that I felt from them and I felt like that I could never amount to. You know, growing up, I felt like I had to be this perfect eldest daughter whose emotions weren't so up and down or someone who didn't like choose to not do things because they scared me. I felt like I was often just very sensitive and too emotional compared to my siblings and my parents, so much to the point where I felt like an ugly duckling most of the time. Like I just didn't fit in with my family because Every time I felt some anxious thoughts or became anxious, I would question it and be like, why isn't anyone else in my family experiencing this? This makes absolutely no sense. And I just felt like a pressure from them because nobody told me that it was okay to be this way. Like nobody told me that it's okay to not be okay, which is something that I've had to learn and tell myself as an adult. I think some things that I would often hear from my parents that didn't really help as well and I and I obviously know that they didn't know that I was experiencing like you know anxiety much less having an anxiety disorder but sometimes they would say things like we didn't raise you like this or we don't know how you turned out like this and you know this really just solidified all the intrusive thoughts in my head of saying like ah, it is my fault that I am like this and, you know, no other reason because of my family or the way they responded to my anxiety and, you know, the way they responded really fueled the way I acted and the way that my anxiety would keep growing. You know, as a child, I was the one that started the most fights, you know, whether it's with my siblings or my parents. I was the one that wasn't really doing well in school and I was the one who, you know, was seemingly experiencing all these emotions and it really caused me to distance myself from my family and friends. And hearing as a teenager, you know, my parents' um, like response to my emotions and my anxiety 
you know, as someone who was suffering mentally was just super triggering because it caused me to place blame on myself and my inability to control my emotions and feelings. And this is, I think, when I pinpoint the time in my life when I grew to be in the deepest, darkest place in my life, when I felt like there was like nothing I could physically do to change who I was because I didn't know what mental health was. I didn't know that you could go to therapy. Therapy wasn't accessible for me and I couldn't talk to my parents about it. And if you can't talk to your friends I mean to your loved ones about it who can you talk to about anxiety so I just was really in the lowest place in my life and I always look back at that time in my life to be like I never want another person to feel this way because it is just absolutely like terrifying you become scared it's not just a sad feeling it's you become terrified of who you are becoming as a person and it's like you can't fight it and since then I have been on a huge journey of like you know mental health awareness and recovery and you know I got a culturally competent therapist which is a therapist who comes from the same background as I I, I am and that has just helped me so much it's helped me you know understand a lot of the cultural stigmas that run in my family that might hinder my parents from understanding my mental health and with time I hope that like I can tackle those stigmas together but you know in this moment I you know as a child I knew that I was going to keep getting triggered over and over again and I often felt suffocated to have all these expectations from my loved ones placed on me so heavily and there was nothing I could do to prove them wrong so yeah looking back I am able to really understand like what happened and why my parents think this way and why they responded to the way but obviously in the moment I didn't understand and that's what made it feel so worse is I didn't have that mental health education and my parents didn't have that mental health education either Okay, I know I've talked a lot about my parents and I want to emphasize that I didn't just experience this from my parents, but you know, my family as a whole, I think family unit encompasses more than just your parents. You know, you have siblings, you have aunts, uncles, closer, you know, further away relatives. And one thing we didn't really touch on was this hate love relationship with my twin sister. Um, So I grew up in this very unique environment, having someone you know, essentially who is my best friend and she still is my best friend. We're super close and I love my sister, but I grew up being compared, you know, with her, compared to her from other family members, from friends, from teachers. And I don't think people understand how much that affects not just your like your mental well-being, but every aspect of your life from like your mental health to your physical health because you can be on the outside is what we could be compared to the most you know you know it seemed like there were certain times where I almost somehow could always be better or prettier or skinnier or smarter when it came to existing because here was this individual who was me but just better and you know being compared to her gave me constant anxiety and I always you know mention this because I think I'm able to do a lot of reflecting now that I've moved you know out of my parents home and I live in a different state and I live away from my family and I'm able to reflect on this but who I was as a teenager was always with my sister like I felt like I grew anxious about how I was going to become an individual like I literally grew anxious I remember thinking about this in high school and I was like, am I even a person? 
like am I even my own person because I don't know how to live without my sister and that was the scariest thing for me like I specifically remember like packing for college being so terrified that I was not I was just going to like fall on my ass when I got to college because I wouldn't be able to survive without my sister and it just made me so terrified and scared and I'm happy to say that yes I have found who I am without my twin sister but it took a lot of time it took a lot of years and it took a lot of understanding of who I am without her because I spent so much of my life being compared to her. So I think the best thing that I could do for my mental health at that time was to create boundaries and take some space away from family and that was when I saw applying to colleges as kind of this perfect excuse to like move to another state and potentially discover who I was and find recovery without my family and their expectations weighing so heavily on me and I know not everyone has the privilege to escape their family situations and therefore can be in a bad place mentally for a long time. I also know for a lot of people, it's not necessarily safe to have these conversations about your mental health with your family, and I totally understand that, and I think many people can relate and say that when they experience anxiety, it almost feels like your body goes into this like fight or flight mode, and you kind of just want to do whatever you can to get out of that situation that is causing you anxiety, or else symptoms of anxiety will continue to persist and sometimes it will manifest in anxiety attacks or you know big things that might cause you to make like rash decisions in life. I think I spent so much of my life ignoring this fight or flight mode that I put the needs of others before my own mental health and again this comes with the territory of being an oldest sibling this need of like feeling to be and being responsible for others and I want to touch back on a point that I mentioned earlier and a huge part of my anxiety that came from my family was this feeling of guilt and this was something that I really really had to reflect on as an adult because I think now that when I talk to my family the guilt is even worse than it was when I was a kid because again I am away from my family and I feel guilty every day for it so Usually when I would tell my parents that I wasn't doing well or I was feeling stressed or anxious, they sometimes would take it upon themselves to like blame themselves for the way that I turned out, saying things like, oh, I'm sorry we didn't raise you well enough or we sacrificed so much for you. See, it's like that one sentence, we sacrificed so much for you, that I feel like every, you know, child of an immigrant parent can relate to. I think that a lot of parents say that they don't realize what the effect of like those few words have on their children. And I don't think they realize how like guilty it made me feel for bringing up my own issues because I didn't want them to feel like they didn't do enough like I didn't want because I said I was anxious for them to feel like they weren't good parents and that they didn't do well enough raising me because that's not the case at all and I always tell my parents that that you know I'm so grateful for them I'm so grateful for the way I turned out but you know it almost feels like I can't feel comfortable enough to express my something that they do that's problematic or to my mental health or something they do that's just not conducive to my mental health it almost feels like I can't express any of those views because anytime I would they would follow up by you know feeling guilty and blaming themselves and in turn it just made me shut down like I don't I no longer want to tell my parents anything because I don't want them to feel like shit about themselves you know I, I that's not my goal in life when I even when I'm telling friends that you know something they did made me anxious or 
you know, whatever is I never want to be a burden to someone. I think a lot of people with mental health, you know, disorders can relate to that is we don't want to be a burden. And in doing so, we sometimes put the needs of others before our own needs. And again, it's kind of like a cycle. So it's not a very healthy cycle in my opinion because, you know, I would express my anxiety. My parents would either, you know, call me too emotional or sensitive and I would shut down and not say anything. And this whole cycle continues to the point where I wasn't really expressing my needs even though I needed them to respond that way, if that makes sense. So in one of our very first episodes, we talked about how anxiety is ever-evolving and as you grow up, some anxieties will fade while new ones will arise. And I think my anxiety of my family has definitely not faded even though I am sitting here and recording this almost a thousand miles away. I honestly think the anxiety has just evolved into a very different thing completely like it's definitely not the same as it was as I was a kid because I have mental health education and have educated myself and you know gone to therapy and all of that you know even though I am so far away from them I am still constantly anxious about their well-being you know I starkly remember the time my sister told me that my grandma had cancer And my family at the time didn't tell me as soon as they found out because they didn't want to worry me or for me to fly home as soon as I found out, which I totally would have done. I was doing an internship at that time in Florida and through the entire internship, my grandma had been diagnosed, but no one had told me because they didn't want me to be stressed out. They knew I was in a new place. I was having fun. I was doing an internship and they didn't want to stress me out which obviously still stressed me out. And after all of this went down, I don't think my parents really understood how my anxiety just grew and how they trigger that anxiety. And every time I talk to my parents about it now, they kind of ignore all of my, you know, feelings about that because, you know, obviously it has to do with me. It's my family and I would have appreciated knowing, but I know that there are some personal things that happened as well. I think after that situation though, I literally just became so anxious of things happening back at home that, you know, my parents weren't telling me about because they didn't want me to worry. And honestly, I think that's such a common thing in my culture for families just not to share things because they don't want to burden others. And part of my recovery with anxiety has, you know, been talking about it and being transparent. That's why I do this podcast because, you know, part of my recovery is talking about my anxiety. And even though I don't know who's on the other end listening, it's therapeutic and nice to talk about the way I feel. So the fact that my family doesn't like talking about things or sharing each other's burdens contributes a lot to my anxiety now. So I think to this day, there are still a lot of things that my family does not understand about my mental health and again, don't really make the effort to. And I know it's not completely their fault because there is a huge social and cultural stigma of mental health that exists and people, you know, seem to tend to ignore that. Like, I think it would be really easy to blame my parents for not caring enough or not raising me to prioritize my mental health and that's not what this episode is it's not just like roasting my family and being like okay they didn't do enough to understand me it's you know leading with compassion and knowing that it's hard for them to understand me because some of them don't even understand their own mental health you know some of them 
don't aren't in therapy don't have mental health awareness or education and they so because of that they don't have the vocabulary words to understand like mental health and what I'm going to my family members are also experiencing mental health issues but just very differently from I from me like I know my sister experiences anxiety but I know that it's on a different level from me obviously and with my mom I think she experiences a lot of things and just doesn't like to talk about them and I totally understand why it's because she's from a different generation and you know in her culture and the way she grew up it wasn't the norm to talk about things like the way that I do I feel and it can be hard to acknowledge that because yes I would really love to just you know scream out on you know out the window and say like my parents don't listen to me but it really is a huge process in general to understand not only your mental health but understand how other people perceive it as well and again leading with this compassion and being compassionate to your family members because you know they are your family and I love my family and I think in talking about this really helps me and every time you know I chip a little crack on that egg when I talk about mental health with them because I know that slowly but surely they are understanding albeit it's a very slow process but I know that every single time I am able to you know bring up something with my mental health they are slowly starting to understand the things that I am experiencing so much so that it will become the norm so you guys know I always like to leave my episodes on I guess a semi-positive note and one thing that I love talking about in my mental health advocacy and you know just mental health awareness is how to talk to your family about mental health and something that I really love in advocacy is cultural competency which I think is so important to recovery especially if you are you know a person of color or someone who shares an intersectional identity and you're looking for you know a therapist or a mental health professional that can really understand the core of your issues I feel like cultural competency is so important it helps you reconnect with your culture and all of that and I'm a big fan of it but yeah let's jump into a little bit about how I've you know learned to talk to my family about my anxiety because it didn't it I didn't always just grow up you know being comfortable about talking my anxiety I think that's like a common misconception of a lot of advocates is like that we are just more outspoken than others but no I think a part of healing is learning how to talk about these issues so I'm gonna drop some wisdom. So I'm not really a person who is fond of confrontation. I honestly don't really know many people who are. I actually tend to avoid it. I actually tend to avoid it at all costs. But I realized that, you know, to a certain point, I wasn't really being fair to my family if I wasn't telling them exactly what was happening and if I wasn't trying to broach conversations with them. And I know, obviously, the responsibility is not supposed to be all on me to educate them about mental health and what I'm experiencing, but I think it starts with a conversation and I think having that courage to open up about something can really open the floodgates to, like, my parents take taking it upon themselves to learn more or you know my siblings standing up for me and I think again it starts with the person as well so how does one begin to talk about mental health with their family and I believe it really starts with talking to yourself and like I mentioned a little bit you know make sure you are in a good place with your mental health 
or at least enough to understand it and understand the steps you need to take to go to recovery. And as I mentioned in the beginning, go into these conversations with loved ones with intention. Intention is so important. I found that when I didn't know my intention before talking to my family, I would often let them talk over me or I would just submit to their feelings in order to satiate them. But now, as I go into conversations with intention, I know that there is a sort of outcome or like ideal way I want something to turn out and I won't accept anything less. So in general, as an example, I think a good example that I like to give is like, you know, my intention with my conversations with my family is for them to understand me better or for me for them to know the definition of anxiety. And as soon as I hear like gaslighting or someone trying to like talk over me, I will take it as a sign that I need to step away from that conversation and come back at a later time because they are are not meeting my intention for the conversation and I also recommend you know letting them know your intention with the conversation as well I think it's important just like how in meetings these days people set agendas I think it's important to set intention with the conversation and make sure that both parties know the intention in order for you for a better chance of you you know reaching that goal Another thing that really helped when talking to my family about mental health is being patient, which honestly I feel like is, I, you're either going to hate or love this piece of advice because if someone tells me to be patient, I just don't listen to them. I am not the most patient person on the block. I Patience is not a virtue for me and I think it's I just had to learn this through talking to my family is that it's going to take a while you know I don't even know how long it's going to take with my family because I'm not even totally there yet I think I'm maybe a little bit better with my siblings because um they actually follow me on social media so they know that I speak about my anxiety and everything but they're just again some people that I've never spoken to about like one of my biggest regrets in life is that I was never able to tell my grandma about you know, the depression that I faced in my teen years or the anxiety that I now face as an adult. And, you know, she passed without knowing that a part of me. And I think a huge part of being vulnerable is it allows you to get closer with your family members and loved ones. I like talking about mental health with my friends because I I think it breaks a, a wall there and it helps you become more vulnerable and it helps you understand them a lot better and I think especially when it comes to loved ones and friends like I always want to know what my family and friends are experiencing because it also helps me help them in a situation or in a crisis so yes being patient is something that just comes with the territory it's because a lot of people most of the time are just in denial I think even myself too I'm in denial and a lot of the times you just don't want to admit something is bad or whatever and that just comes with like the cultural and societal stigmas that we live in in a world that you know really just really just demonizes mental health and mental health issues and mental illness so it can be hard but it but it definitely is worth being patient and you know there are obviously ways that I you know speed up the process bump up the process a little bit sometimes that just includes me like <laughs> calling my parents randomly and talking to them about it even though I know that we just talked about it or you know becoming coming off a little more aggressive than I actually should be but definitely being patient is worth it and the final piece of advice that I would give is to know your worth and 
know that no matter how a conversation may end up that you are not alone and that you are worth so much more than you know being defined by your mental health this was something and this is the hardest one honestly to internalize because a lot of people who experience anxiety and other you know mental health issues can also describe that it's hard to control that it's hard to control your emotions and really internalize that you are a person and you are a human who goes through things and is emotional and experiences experiences things but you see the people in the world around you and they don't experience the same thing and sometimes we we hold the word words of our loved ones in honestly too high regard that sometimes when they say something hurtful intentionally or not we beat ourselves up about that and I think that's something that my parents didn't really understand growing up is what they would say even though they didn't think it was that harmful mattered so much more to me than anyone in the world could ever say something even to my even more than myself like like I would honestly like you know beat myself up about that and hate on myself but their words cause more of a reaction out of me than my own words and know that when it comes to your mental health only you can tell yourself you know how you feel or talk about how you're feeling and no one else can and no one else should talk over you or tell you how you're feeling in that moment so a part of knowing your worth is again going back to the idea of understanding your mental health and I'm not saying you have to like become best friends with your mental health but just getting to a point where you understand what you're going through and you understand that it's not your fault like you didn't choose this and a part of it is not your fault a part of it is because of the environment you grew up in and something in a trauma you've experienced like I think that we have to be more kind to ourselves especially when we talk about recovery because you know a part of recovery is to be kind to yourself and find the help you need and ask for help so yeah that's just one of my biggest tips and one of the things that I am still constantly working on today as an adult. So that wraps up our episode for today. I had so much fun doing this episode, even though it's honestly the second time I filmed this. I feel like every time I film an episode, I don't script my videos, by the way. I know some people are wondering. I get a lot of like comments from my family members about like if I script it or not. I don't usually script it. I, I am looking at bullet points right now, but a lot of this is just from the heart and it's it's easier to talk about mental health when you when you don't specifically know that anyone is listening. Like for me, it has not hit me yet that like people listen to this podcast. It's kind of just like me talking in my bedroom and it almost gives me like a sense of comfort. So I highly recommend that if you're someone who is looking for that to just talk into a microphone. You don't even have to put it out there in the world, but it's nice to listen back to. I used to do like video diaries to myself or just record things and like that cheesy way of being like, hi future Alex like hello today was a bad day but tomorrow's gonna be great and I I just like look back at them now and think they're like the cutest things in the world and yeah so let's slowly heal one letter at a time look out for the next episode on the letter g i believe yes forgetting my alphabet again but yeah g is gonna come back with a very special guest can you guess what g is for I bet you can't and I'm excited to have a guest again because I feel like I need I always need a break after I do these like solo episodes because they are a lot of work they definitely are I feel like I I talk more in these episodes and sometimes I just want to listen I just want to listen when it comes to mental health so thanks for joining me on this episode 
Additionally, if you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health, a list of resources can be found in the show notes and the description of every episode. Music was produced and created by Brandon Hill. All of his socials will also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I hope you are doing well.